I, look, I think decisions have been made around where where you know building has has occurred, which it's very clear that uh, they're not they're not sustainable decisions. It's easy in hindsight to say that that flooding shouldn't have occurred, but it shouldn't have occurred. Climate change, it's bad. You know, the climate is changing. The future's not pretty. There's a high risk of, of damage, loss, natural disasters, etc. But there is commensurate opportunity. As our climate changes, so will the risk of natural hazards. This means more frequent and severe disasters like bushfires, cyclones and floods. Amongst the turmoil of disaster recovery, there is a practical logistic insurance. But if natural disasters become more frequent as the climate changes, will parts of the world become uninsurable? In this episode of Think Sustainability, we're talking about insurance and climate change, how this may affect where we live, what the industry is doing to respond to climate risk, and why we need to change the way we think about insurance. You're listening to Think Sustainability. I'm Sophie Ellis. To a lot of us, insurance might not seem all that exciting, but the industry is a hugely important part of our economy. Its ability to adapt to climate change is crucial. Anthropogenic climate change is scientifically proven as a link between um, the amount of carbon dioxide or greenhouse gas emissions that humans have put into the atmosphere and global mean temperature. Tom Davies works with the Insurance Council of Australia as a special advisor on climate change. He's helping the industry to develop a climate change action strategy. The global mean temperature has been rising and there's direct correlation between global mean temperature and extreme natural hazard events. So the more extreme natural hazard events we have, the more damage and loss there are to property and assets. And that really is the link between um, climate change and the insurance industry. There's direct correlation, if you like, between greenhouse gas emissions and damage and loss for the insurers. According to the Climate Council of Australia, climate-related disasters now account for over 80% of all disasters globally. And in Australia, our corner of the world is particularly feeling these effects. Over half the world's natural disasters in 2016 occurred in the Asia-Pacific region. This means that the price of natural disasters on the economies in this region will be felt sooner and more severely. And that includes the price of insurance. Will insurance in Australia become more expensive for consumers as the climate changes? It's a really good question to understand what's going to happen to insurance around climate risk. And I think the the first part of that is to understand how insurance uh, works. Gordon Noble is the Partnership Manager at the Institute for Sustainable Futures at the University of Technology, Sydney. What we're seeing is that insurance is already dealing with climate risks, um, has been doing so over the last decade. What we'll start to see... um, We will see premiums, there'll be pressure around premiums. That's been manifesting itself, particularly in northern Australia and also around the bushfires um, that we had. So already uh, climate risk is playing out into insurance. 
An insurance premium is the annual amount that you pay to your insurer. Insurance covers what's called the residual risk to an investment. That's the risk that's left after all the threats to an investment like your house, your health and your car that can be managed have been considered, as Tom Davies explains. Insurance covers the residual risks of investments, whether it be your home or a a larger investment for, say, governments or large companies in in infrastructure and services in in any initiative. Um, Insurers will assess the risk of that investment and cover the residual risk. The premium is based on how likely you are to claim on your insurance. When calculating premiums, insurance companies will assess all types of factors – For example, the premium on your home insurance would consider where the house is, the value of the home, when it was built, and importantly, the natural hazard risk. In Northern Australia, this last factor has been causing premiums to increase. According to the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, average premium prices for home insurance in Northern Australia have risen 178% since 2007 while the rest of Australia increased only 52%. In 2019, the average premium for home and contents insurance in Northern Australia was $2,500. That is almost double the average cost in the rest of the country. In May 2017, the federal government called an ACCC inquiry into the supply of home, contents and strata insurance in Northern Australia. The inquiry's final report was handed down in December 2020, and it found that the main driver of higher premiums was the increased risk of natural disaster. It said there's little certainty of how climate change will impact premiums in the future, but there was an indication that premiums will change as a result of a warming climate. Sue Falkenhagen is 70. She's been living in Townsville for over 16 years. I spoke with Sue to learn about how the rising price of insurance has affected the Townsville community. Sue answered my call chipper after her morning cuppa. 2010, 2009, 10, 11, that was when the insurance was doubling each year. It wasn't... Uh, long before nobody would insure. Um, We now only have one company who will insure the apartment block. Sue has lived in apartments for most of her life in Townsville. For years, she lived in a small apartment complex just one street back from the ocean foreshore, known to locals as The Strand. As the insurance prices in Townsville rose, the apartment's body corporate fees became extremely high. The continual rise of insurance caused much anxiety for her and the other residents. You couldn't anticipate what the insurance premium was going to be for the next year. And everybody was in a state of, well, where's it going to end? You know, can we afford to continue with these increases? Sue's apartment complex eventually decided to experiment with adjusting their excess to try and manage the price of the premium. 
they now carry around $40,000 excess for a named event, including floods and cyclones. Because insurance is such a key part of our economy, the effect of climate change on this industry will not be isolated. The banks are implicated here too. How they lend and who they lend to. That could be a big issue for Australian homeowners and our entire economy. So in Australia, if, if you want to, and I think maybe around the world, but if you want to get a mortgage, you have to have insurance. You have to um, insure that asset. The bank required that if they're going to lend you money against an asset, then you insure that asset for the event that you know, it's, it's totally lost. The banks are particularly concerned about um, you know, some assets in hazard-prone locations where the insurance premium is going up and we're reaching that threshold where people are beginning to drop out of insurance. So it leaves them quite exposed. Gordon Noble explains that we can't look at the effects of climate change on insurance premiums as an isolated issue because the implications of rising insurance will have impacts beyond the sector. One of the good things in Australia is we have a high proportion of people with insurance, so that's a positive. So in reality, if we get people, if they don't have insurance for, say, a household, well, they probably won't be able to get a mortgage. So lending impacts as well. These aren't isolated uh, decision. So if you can't insure your house, um, in reality, the whole financial system's role in, in housing is, is, is threatened. Everyone's got an interest in this issue. It's not, it's not just simply about insurance premiums. It's about the whole Australian economy. Is it important that the insurance industry is resilient to climate change in Australia? A healthy insurance industry is the hallmark of a of a, a modern, well-developed economy society. We underpin and enable investments. We're in an era of climate change. You know, I think if we look back in history, the last change that we saw of this of scale was probably the Industrial Revolution. I like to think that we're heading into an era um, similar in scale to the Industrial Revolution where industry and, and our economies will transform to become ecologically sustainable economies. I think you know, the insurance industry has, a, has a, a key role to also signal what will be the successful businesses in an ecologically sustainable economy and support the security and the stability of the businesses that will take us into this new era. This is not just an issue for Australia. The Asia-Pacific region may be seeing the effects of more frequent disasters before others, but climate change is global, so it makes sense that its effect on insurance will be too. The morning of November 8, a massive wildfire tore through California mountain communities north of Sacramento. Everything's burned. Oh my God, I mean, everything. You have flames shooting hundreds of feet up into the air. This entire community is burned to the ground. Everything here is gone. Words cannot describe how devastating this destruction is as this fire continues to burn through paradise. Basically, the entire city has it burned to the ground. In 2018, California experienced one of the worst fires in its history. 
known as the Campfire, in a town called Paradise in Northern California. Over 153,000 acres were burnt, and 86 lives were lost. The devastation occurred at an alarming rate. It took just four hours for 90% of the town to be destroyed by fire. Mismanagement of electrical lines by power utility PG&E was found to be partially responsible for the blaze. The Californian bushfires that has led to the bankruptcy of a uh, Californian utility because of the uh, litigation that's arising around their bushfires. Pacific Gas and Electric has finally acknowledged that its equipment likely caused the PG&E in financial hot water planning to file for bankruptcy. The question tonight, what does that mean for customers? Now, this would be one of the biggest bankruptcy filings in U.S. history as PG&E struggles to cope with the costs of California's massive wildfires. There's There's an element there of insurance, too. So, for instance, insurance companies who will, be, who will be bearing some of that cost of those fires um, will be looking at that and saying, well, how do we ensure uh, big businesses, big corporates, um, big utilities, big infrastructure assets, as well as households? A group of insurance companies claimed that PG&E owed them roughly $20 billion in reimbursement for payments made to those with coverage for wildfire damages. The insurance companies ended up settling for $11 billion dollars. Gordon Noble says that this is just one example of why this issue is larger than simply the reimbursement of individuals after property loss. It impacts whole infrastructure systems and governments. I think the danger is that insurance is one of those sleeping issues that a lot of the focus of the finance system, for instance, can be around the investment decisions or the lending decisions. And insurance is is one of those ones that could sneak up on nations and actually bite them if they've not actually understand, understood how insurance interlinks with the whole of a financial system. Both Tom Davies and Gordon Noble agree that Australia is not at a crisis point yet. When we talk about climate change and we recognise the impacts of of climate change, so so more intense bushfires, cyclones, floods particularly, hailstorms, etc. We recognise that there are some things that we can do on a whole of Australia scale that will protect Australia, that will um, lead to a more insurable Australia. So these are things like um, levees and dams, things that will protect communities that are already in hazard-prone locations that will uh, mitigate or reduce the risk of assets being flooded, damaged by by the hazard, etc. So there are some good examples of where this has worked very well in Australia. So, for example, Roma um, up in Queensland. Insurance rates in Roma, insurance premiums are extremely high. You know, some people would have classed it as uninsurable. The only way to mitigate that risk was to build a big levee and build a big dam around Roma. That was done. I think the state government um, and the local governments teamed up. They funded this dam. It was at the cost of about $50 million. And it reduced the risk and the insurers were able to offer lower premiums. The ACCC inquiry identified infrastructure as a solution to the rising price of insurance in northern Queensland. This includes not only building new infrastructure but changing the way we manage systems we already have. 
After her experience of the 2019 Townsville floods, Sue Falkenhaken says that dam management needs to be addressed. Well, our region is battling the worst flooding disaster on record, with hundreds of homes underwater and up to 20,000 residents evacuated. From above the devastation is stark. Thousands of homes damaged as floodwaters peak in town. It's relentless and showing no sign of easing. A monster monsoon drowning North Queensland, flooding thousands of homes and leaving the most stoic of locals in a state of shock. In Townsville itself, well, insurance assessors are there flying in this morning to check on the damage. Already it's up at about $80 million and that figure is expected to rise. It's easy in hindsight to say that that flooding shouldn't have occurred, but it shouldn't have occurred. The damage done in 2019 was enormous uh, and extreme, and I think it had a lot more to do with the mismanagement of the systems, the drainage systems, the systems of reticulation in Townsville. That was the main reason that there was so much damage in Townsville. Sue believes that the decision to open the floodgates of the Ross River Dam was the stroke that flooded many houses. The floodgates of the Ross River Dam were opened in full on the 3rd of February in 2019. The decision to fully open the floodgates was made amid fears the dam would not hold after parts of Townsville received almost a year's worth of rain in one week. Experts warned that flood control modelling for the dam was inaccurate given the scale of the disaster. Sue Falkenhagen believes that holding off on the release of the dam, rather than earlier and continual release, is just one example of how Townsville has mismanaged its infrastructure. It was only because there are so many people living in Townsville now, the infrastructure hasn't kept up, the management of dams is always under question, the dams are not being managed properly. Experts say improving the way we use infrastructure systems we already have is just one way we can make sure that parts of Australia will not become uninsurable. However, there are other solutions being rolled out, like reinsurance. Sustainable finance expert with the University of Technology Sydney, Gordon Noble, explains. One of the things the federal government has done uh, very recently is provide a, um, a reinsurance pool. Uh, it's $10 billion. It's quite significant. And that is to, to ensure that they, the reinsurance industry is still effectively available here in Australia. And the reason that's important is because without the reinsurance industry, premiums would you know, have that potential to go, to go quite high because the insurance companies are taking much more of the risk. Is reinsurance essentially insurance for insurance companies? Absolutely. And it goes back, as I said, the, the history of, of insurance. So, you know, in, the, um, in London, for instance, they'd all, they gather in, um, in uh, you know, smoky pubs and trade off insurance risk. Because if, a, if one boat disappeared in a storm, it would bring down an insurance company. So... They needed to, to parcel off the insurance. So the, the decision that the, the federal government's made around a reinsurance pool, I, I would support that. I think that's a, in the short term, that's needed to make sure that we've got stability in the insurance market. But it's not job done. And I think that's the, the critical thing for, for government and insurance industry uh, you know, to work through.
The $10 billion reinsurance scheme was introduced by the federal government in early May this year. It's scheduled to start running in July and will subsidise the price of coverage specifically for floods and cyclones in northern Australia. Gordon says this will help make sure that insurance in Australia remains affordable as hazard-prone areas expand and disasters increase. Experts say government support is necessary to make sure Australia remains insurable. But what is the industry itself doing? Two years ago, the Insurance Council, we established a Climate Change Action Committee. The better prepared communities are to defend against natural disasters, the more resilient they'll be to them. That is going to be key to ensuring the resilience and affordability of insurance. In insurers, everybody thinks about insurers as these sort of fairly fairly dry people permanently talking about risk and pricing risk, etc. Um, sitting in office maybe somewhere in the city. But what we've been doing over the past two years is really trying to get down into the communities, understand what the impacts of climate change are and will be. One of the key partners that we found along the way is the Mindaroo Foundation and they've partnered with us on a project in the Canberra region. I think across the Canberra region they lost two and a half thousand homes in the black summer bushfires. So the the project is about how can we better protect homes, how we can you know close down the gaps, what structures like decks and wooden steps on the outside or particular claddings or soffits and you know what what aspects of the home can we change to make it more resilient to bushfire. So what we're doing is we're developing a bit of a pack um, in terms of, you know, this is what we can, this is a pack for this home to reduce the risk, this is how much it'll cost, and then we'll look at you know, how we actually fund that. As the impacts of climate change on insurance are not an isolated economic problem, there may be significant impacts on the social makeup of our towns, cities, and rural areas. Experts say that for Australia, decisions around the placement of housing has already had an effect on who is being impacted by this issue. As Gordon Noble explains, the most affordable housing for middle to low income earners is often in new housing developments, the location of which have sometimes been in hazard prone areas such as floodplains. I, look, I think decisions have been made around where where you know building has has occurred, which it's very clear that uh, they're not they're not sustainable decisions. When the insurance industry starts to to look at a particular area and say, well, we've got a difficulty insuring this because we've not just seen a flood, you know, once in a hundred years, we've seen three floods in five years. So, will we need to make better informed decisions? And that could be local government through the federal government around you know how we build how we build not just households but also our infrastructure absolutely so we're going to see a lot you know a lot of need for that conversation between if you like the policy makers between government and the insurance uh, insurance sector in her 16 years living in Townsville Sue Falkenhagen says that she's watched as town planning decisions have forced lower income earners into places of high disaster risk she believes this had a significant effect on who was impacted by the 2019 flood. It, it was unbelievable that areas that should never have uh, suffered the, the flooding that they did were flooded to the extent that they were. 
these were areas where new housing had been built, and a lot of those areas were the ones that were really badly affected. Sue says that one of the greatest problems is the approval of housing in areas that can and will flood. I I just feel that a lot of the decisions about even where housing is put is, is made on a commercial basis. It's not made to suit the economic rationality of the person who's making the decision. I don't think it has a lot to do with is that a good area to build housing. Tom Davies from the Insurance Council of Australia explains that greater collaboration with the insurance sector and local governments will mean that land management and planning can become a key defence against the threat of uninsurable areas. We need to recognise the risks. We need to recognise the um, impacts of natural hazards. So it starts with land use planning. Let's stop putting um, properties, homes in in harm's way. Um, Let's think more intelligently about where where we place communities. There is still work to be done to make sure Australia will not become uninsurable due to climate change. But as Tom Davies describes, there are practical interventions we're already putting in place. Gordon Noble says that if we introduce these measures well, we could set a global example. I think what Australia can do is to is to demonstrate how to the rest of the world how through a collaborative lens you can actually manage these uh, these risks. You know the the thing about collaboration is it's a difficult pathway. It's never easy. I think we can demonstrate that to the rest of the world as to. Well, this is the way you do it on the ground. This is the way you make your, your insurance industry resilient in, a, in, the, in the face of uh, climate. So I think we've got to, if we get it right, we'll, we'll have a great story to tell. If we get it wrong, well, we'll be used as a case study as, um, as what not to do. In Gordon Noble's view, the key to making sure Australians will have affordable insurance as our climate changes is greater collaboration with government and industry. From her experience... Sue Falkenhagen hopes that this will include listening more to the communities affected most. I still think that Townsville people are adaptable and they will be prepared to have a go, but they want all levels of government to make considered decisions. People who live in North Queensland are people who are prepared to get in and make the most of what's available to them. Sue is hopeful for a more resilient insurance industry in Townsville. She says that the council have already committed to structural changes that will ease the pressure on residents if flooding does continue to increase in Townsville. The increase in drainage is heartwarming that the council is now going through. There's, There's plenty of evidence that we are heading in the right direction. And so I do. I think that North Queensland will always be populated by people who are easygoing, make the most of what they've got so long as they're taken seriously. Tom Davies says that Australia will always be insurable. It will, however, depend on how much consumers are willing to spend. He is confident that the industry, in collaboration with government, will take this challenge as an opportunity to innovate how we think about and run our financial system. Climate change, it's bad. You know, the climate is changing, the future's not pretty. 
there's a high risk of, of damage, loss, natural disasters, etc. But there is commensurate opportunity. Everywhere in Australia will be insurable, but at what cost? And there are some places in Australia that technically will be very expensive to insure. Um, but having said that, maybe there are ways to innovate on products. Maybe there are different ways to pay. Maybe we can incorporate insurance premiums into mortgage products. Maybe governments would choose to subsidise insurance in particular places. We need as an industry to innovate to create a sustainable insurance industry in a climate change future for an insurable Australia. Think Sustainability is made possible with the support of 2SER Radio, the University of Technology Sydney, and is heard around Australia on the Community Radio Network. Think Sustainability is made in Sydney, which sits on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. You can subscribe to Think Sustainability wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sophie Ellis. Thanks for your company.